everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we have very special guest, Kevin Novinsky. Kevin, how's it going? Doing pretty good, Alex. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Glad to have you on to talk some Moon Knight. So uh, this is our monthly comic book episode and in anticipation, hot anticipation for March 30th in a couple of weeks, we are doing a deep dive into Moon Knight. We read a bunch of issues uh, and we will be recommending which ones we think are worth your time, which ones you can probably skip. Uh, but before we do so, there's also been a couple bits of Marvel news that we wanted to hit on as well. The new Miss Marvel trailer came out just a few days ago uh, and also Netflix Marvel shows have debuted on Disney plus Disney put them on there along with agents of shield. So we'll start there. Uh, Cause I think that's my least exciting thing, even though it's still pretty cool. So they added uh, daredevil, Jessica Jones, iron fist, Luke cage, uh, the defenders and punisher. And I'm missing. Is that it? Nice. It. Okay. And then agents yep. of shield. So mm-hmm. all seasons, uh, again, I'm glad I've always w- was glad to just have all of the Marvel stuff in the same spot. Kevin, you were saying it sounds like they uh, removed some of the Netflix footprints from the intros of the shows, uh, which is kind of interesting. I guess, you know, it makes sense since they were essentially licensing it out and now it's back there and they don't have to, you know, they don't have to market Netflix anymore. But uh, I did throw a few things on my watch list. So I had watched all three seasons of Daredevil, all three seasons of Jessica Jones. Those were probably my favorite of the series. Uh, the first season of Punisher, Luke Cage and Daredevil and, or I'm sorry, an Iron Fist and then Defender. So the only things I haven't seen are the second seasons of Iron Fist, Luke Cage and Punisher. I added Luke Cage to my watch list because I saw a couple of those episodes had some interesting titles and uh, I haven't seen it. If you have, we'll talk about that here in a sec. I saw Iron Fist as well. And I think I might add it just to check it out because Colleen Wing is in it. And um, it was a Jessica Henwick uh, who plays her. So she was the best part about that series. Uh, and I started watching Punisher on Netflix, the second season too, but I just, I couldn't get into it. So uh, thoughts on all of this or anything you added? I also added Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. Uh, I've seen all but the last two seasons. So I plan on watching those last two seasons, good or bad. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm glad that everything now was kind of uh, contained all together or the Marvel stuff. A lot of it's starting to come back because um, Disney Plus had at least been getting some of the legacy movies coming onto the service. Like some would come for a little bit and some might go off, but they'd come back, you know. So now having these series, which um, spoilers for Hawkeye and Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, we've had characters from these Netflix universes pop up in the MCU proper now, you know, so that's uh, to have those all in one spot for you to watch is uh, pretty great. And honestly, it's, it was kind of surprising when this, when this was announced, because for the longest time, we, uh, we, all we knew was that Marvel couldn't use the characters or do anything with the series for at least two years after the final cancellation date or the final premiere, it was something like that. But we like, I never, they, they had never really clarified that Disney licensed these to Netflix, you know, because Netflix had used the terminology. They were Netflix original series. They did right. put up a lot of capital to help fund the production and everything like that, you know. So I, I don't think it crossed anybody's mind that they could leave Netflix. It, but people thought, oh, Disney would have to, like, buy them from Netflix, you know, to regain, you know. So when they announced that they were leaving, like that was a pretty big shock. And then obviously the speculation, would they be on Disney Plus or Hulu here in the States? And 
the fact that they brought him to Disney Plus with the updated uh, parental controls that a bunch of the other territories have with the star brand was really great. And uh, I I thought it was really simple when I logged on on the first day on Wednesday that it popped right up as the account holder and it said uh, select how the rankings and they had they didn't just have the uh, mature TV mature and R or TV 14. They had so many different more ratings. I don't know if that existed previously um, to go lower than TV 14, but um, it was interesting. So if you wanted to curtail it to just uh, like TV G and it said like you would have very limited options. Like you could, if you wanted to really curtail it to somebody, but um, it was super easy to select what I wanted that I wanted to see TV MA. And then there it was all that was popped up. And uh, like you said too, also agents of shield, that was really great. Uh, glad that that was finally there. And that was only because ABC, the network had licensed their shows out to Netflix. So that was just probably an expiring deal there. And a bunch of other territories already had, uh, the series on Disney Plus. But um, yeah, in terms of the Netflix shows uh, you had mentioned, uh, I did look myself on the first Daredevil episode just to see, obviously, the uh, Netflix to dumb the uh, white with the sound thing at the beginning wasn't there because obviously we're not watching on Netflix. And then uh, when I got to the opening credits, I did notice that um, the it took away, it said, um, it originally said a Marvel television Netflix production on one on the first slide. And then the next credit slide was uh, Netflix original series and both of those credit uh, words were uh, scrubbed from the opening and then so you just see the red um, Daredevil opening for those two beats and whatever that I think the next one was uh, it said a Marvel television production or something like that that's the first one that starts so other than that if there are more edits that have been made I wouldn't be able to tell you because I don't know but um, in terms of all of them I did watch all of them when they originally came out um, in terms of what you put on your watch list Alex I think uh, Luke Cage season two you probably will enjoy it wasn't as good as some of the se season one but it wasn't bad by any means um, I also remember enjoying Punisher season two, but also that kind of was like on the dying legs of these shows. So it just like the investment, I, I wasn't like overly thrilled, but I wasn't, I remember being um, dissatisfied. And Iron Fist two, season two was, I do remember was a lot better than the first season because the first oh. season, it, it's a, it's not great. <laughs> I should caution. It's not, it's not I enjoyed great the first season. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I just okay. didn't like the guy who played Danny Rand. Sure. I even got to meet him at a con too. And he was super <laughs> nice, but I was just like, that is not Danny yeah. Rand, but well, a lot the, of the other stuff in it. I like, well, the big thing I remember for season one of iron fist was they um, just the fights. Like everybody was just like, they are just doing so simple fights because yeah. because the actor just like wouldn't learn the fights. And so they got a better fight coordinator for season two. So it's slightly better yet. Yeah, so I will say, I thought it was a marked improvement over season one, but it still it still wasn't uh, as good as some of the Daredevil or Jessica Jones seasons. But it definitely was more enjoyable. And of course, uh, yeah, Colleen Wing, uh, Jessica Henwick playing her and her arc in the second season was enjoyable. And where things kind of ended with that, I kind of hope will get absorbed into the MCU proper as uh, uh, from there or at least a starting off point or something. So that would be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, overall, just really excited. These are on, and uh, I found a lot of people when I when they saw the news uh, hadn't watched a lot of the Netflix series, which I thought was interesting. Because um, for me, you know, I saw them and I was like, "Oh, these look really cool." And so, like, I was diehard, and like that was the only TV we really had before oh. these Disney Plus series. So um, I was just uh, engrossed by them. But a lot of people said they haven't watched it, and now that it's on Disney Plus, they'll put them on their watch list and get to them. So uh, that's really good. Nice, awesome. 
So moving on to uh, the Miss Marvel trailer, that was a pleasant surprise, not just getting the trailer, but finally getting a release date of uh, June, t- June 8th, 8th, right? June, June 8th. 8th. Yeah, I was going to say June 28th. <laughs> I'm glad I was wrong on that. Um, okay, so a trailer real briefly. I mean, we get we get a background of Kamala kind of, it, it felt like shot for shot from the comics, which was great. They're, they're really pulling a lot from there. But the, the biggest piece, I think, from everyone talking about it is uh, they're changing the way she has her powers. Again, this is all based on the trailer. We don't know if Marvel is going to pull some wool over our eyes during the show itself, but I liked the trajectory of where they're taking it. I was a take it or leave it fan with her being an inhuman. I loved it at the time because I, I love the inhumans. And so when the, you know, the Terrigen bomb went off in infinity like that, I was knee deep in comics at that time. So like, I loved that. I thought it was the coolest continuity, but again, you know, her powers are not a part of who she is in that sense. Like they don't, you know, they don't translate to like, Oh, she has these powers because of X. It's like, no, she just has them because the mist came by and turned her into it. So they really could, they had a lot of leeway with it. So I'm interested to see, what these bands are in this trailer, what they're going to be. I didn't catch it right away. I saw some people commenting that in some of the future issues, uh, she does have a bracelet from her family. So I'm going to have to recheck that out because I've read all of her Miss Marvel issues. It's just been a while. And that was would have happened to have been something that just didn't catch my eye because, you know, it's following a bracelet for probably two issues is probably not that big of a deal. But I, w- I don't think that's what it is. I-, I think it's more, the first thing I thought of was the the Kree Nega bands, uh, which I think is the same as the Quantum bands. I don't know the difference, but I Googled it really quick because I was like, that's what they kind of look like. And it said that they are kind of matter manipulating, which it looks exactly like what she's doing. And that's the perfect tie-in. I mean, she even says in the in the trailer that she feels cosmic when she's wearing them. Perfect tie-in to Miss Marvel and her Cree roots and then having this Marvel show, which leaves the only question being, how does she get these? If it is, you know, a meshing and it's a family heirloom, how is it a family heirloom? Because there was a run in the comics too where she has like some Cree uh, blood in her, basically. Like some of her DNA is Cree. So if that's the route they take, great, awesome. I've also been told that the newest uh, series, the Beyond the Limit, Miss Marvel, which comes to Marvel Unlimited, I think next week, because I think I saw it come out, came out December 22nd. So I think it is next week uh, that there's something in there about it. So I'm really excited to check that out too. What do you think of the trailer? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, Miss Marvel, out of all the upcoming Disney Plus series, was not high on my anticipation list. Uh, Moon Knight and She-Hulk definitely were. And um, I'm slightly bummed that uh, Miss Marvel is coming before She-Hulk because I thought at least in in an initial, because we didn't get any dates, but based on some speculation and what things were said from people and diagrams or whatever, it seemed that it would be Moon Knight, then She-Hulk, and then uh, Miss Marvel in terms of release order. Um, But that being said, uh, seeing this trailer, I got, uh, so much more interested in this series because uh, I mean we had only really seen the first look trailer on Disney Plus Day 2020 where they had the series had just started filming and so we saw we didn't really see any like powers or anything we saw some of that I think the convenience store that where she's looking at the costume uh, the her Miss Marvel co- or Captain Marvel cosplay costume and with uh, her friend Bruno and her family and you know so we saw a little bit and then we it was more of like how Mon Valani got cast and everything like that and then we saw a, a couple uh, scenes in the Disney the 2021 Disney Plus Day thing at the end and so like we didn't really get a lot to like grab onto and uh, I thought this trailer was a perfect 
perfect trailer to uh, show us who Miss Marvel is. Uh, using the Weekend song was a great choice, I thought. It, it was upbeat and fun. Uh, seeing the comic bubbles and everything was a great touch. And I know people, uh, I'm not as familiar with Miss Marvel and the comics, but I read that she does that or they do that in the comics of her when she goes to her daydreaming and everything of like making more like pencil-y and everything. And so I hope the series has uh, some of it or uses it a lot, you know, cause that would be a great differentiator um, to it in the, from what else has come. And uh, in terms of her powers, uh, when you had mentioned the nega bands, uh, when we were chatting about it, I, I didn't know what those were, but I Googled them and then I saw some articles about them and I think that's probably what they are that like that's based on the matter manipulation how it's tied more to the Captain Marvel name and probably Carol Danvers and the Cree and uh, I think I read something that uh, the originally or I heard somebody say originally they were given to Rick Jones of the Hulk sidekick and what it did was it like essentially like body swapped him with a hero so like that's kind of, I don't know if that was happening in the trailer when we see her like falling backwards into like the purple realm or something. Like, I wonder if it like, it's going to bring forward a Kree war warrior or something, but I, that might be too far of a stretch or that could be wrong. But I thought that's what I heard somebody say. And I was like, Oh, that could be interesting. But I also like what you said, Alex, about if she has maybe some Kree blood in her already. So maybe it's like sort of the inhuman route, but it's not saying She's an inhuman, you know, that like because she has the Kree blood, it allows her to activate the family's bracelets, which happen to be the negabands. And how are they the negabands? We'll, we'll figure that out. But um, yeah, I definitely love the trailer and I, 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 I'm excited to see more from it. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if they'll change the name of the bands as well, because I know that one's kind of <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue very well. But right. then also quantum bands is great. <laughs> But we have Quantum Mania coming out, so I don't know if they would want to keep it. The, I, I all yeah. I'm saying is I think they're pulling just as they always do. They're pulling the perfect things from the comics, and they're going to make it make perfect sense. I wonder if when she falls back, if that's similar to like when Captain Marvel visited the Supreme Intelligence, and maybe mm -hmm. she goes to visit somebody the the prior owners of the bands, almost like a My Hero Academia type of thing with One for All. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yet to be seen. All, all I know, Miss Marvel was my most anticipated behind Moon Knight. So mm -hmm. I'm honestly excited that it's coming sooner than later, just because they delayed it a couple times and that yep. what they showed us got me nervous. And now after seeing this, I'm in love with her. I'm in love with the setting. I know we saw Bruno in a couple scenes too. He looks great. Uh, I think we saw Red Dagger in one of the scenes as well. Mm -hmm. He looks great. Uh, and then th that last final shot is straight off of issue five of the Miss Marvel, uh, yep. the first run. So they're definitely same with, the teaser, same with the teaser poster. It was like the same shot, just from a yep. slightly different, yeah, same thing. Yeah, exactly. Essentially the same thing. Yep. And she's she's just she's perfect for the time right now because she's essentially the modern day Peter Parker, uh, at least is how they would always relate to him. But the difference between the two of them is Peter Parker was not as obsessed with superheroes the way that uh, Kamala is. And uh, that we can relate a lot more to that, I think, as people than Peter Parker, because we are all obsessed with superheroes around here. So uh, that's going to be really fun and exciting. Plus, I always love a good high school story. So great. Awesome. We've got that under under our belts. It's time to dive into the main attraction. So for those of you listening, I'm going to put it in the show notes as well. But we are covering multiple Moon Knight runs. So we had talked about this prior. Uh, there's not a lot of Moon Knight out there. So uh, this final Moon right now there's a current Moon Knight run going on. Jed McKay's doing that uh, has five issues on Marvel Unlimited. We're not really going to be diving into that one, but it's basically going to be the the prior run 
and like four runs before that as well. And so that prior run, uh, the last issue was issue 200. So there's only been at this point in time on Marvel Unlimited, at least 205 issues of Moon Knight. So they're really, you think that's a lot, but it's not really that much when you compare it to Spider-Man's almost at issue 1000 at this point. So uh, it's easy. And I, I saw some people saying like, oh, you know, we got 30 days till Moon Knight comes out. If I read seven issues a day, I'll get through all of Moon Knight or something like that. So it's definitely easy to do too. Some of these runs are very quick to go through. They breeze by. But uh, in order, uh, timeline-wise, what we're going to be talking about first is going to be Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev's Moon Knight Run, issues 1 through 12. That's from 2010. Uh, and then from there, it'll be the 2014 run, which was Warren Ellis and uh, Declan Shalvey. And then uh, halfway through that run, Brian Wood takes over and uh, kind of tackles another story in between. So that's issues 1 through 17. And then there's a 2016 run that is by Jeff Lemire and Max Bemis as the writers. Uh, Jeff Lemire covers the first 14 issues. And then after that, they move to the legacy numbering with issue 188 through 200 that Max Bemis writes. Uh, Max Bemis, for those of you unfamiliar, was the lead singer of Say Anything, which was a band I actually uh, saw in concert when I was going to... Was it? I think it was Angels and Airwaves. It was either that or Blink-182, but they were the opener. And I was like, oh, I like this band. But that guy was seems like the perfect kind of guy to, to write Moon Knight. Uh, but we'll get to his run because I, I think I was reading it with rose-colored glasses the first time I did. Uh, but again, starting at the beginning of this, we, we won't be discussing the other ones that much, uh, which is Charlie Huston's run. Uh, and I think Greg Hurwitz as well. They did the run right before Bendis. Uh, that was during Civil War. And then we have obviously the OG Moon Knight run as well, which started in Werewolf by Night. And then from there went into Moon Knight. I read a bit of that. Uh, I liked the Werewolf by Night issues and maybe like one or two of Moon Knight, uh, the regular ones, but it's kind of outdated. I guess you could say they definitely changed a lot of him over time to make him scarier, to have him have a more defined backstory because he originally just starts as a, uh, the whole point of Moon Knight was he was going to kill Werewolf by Night. He was hired to kill Werewolf by Night and he's called Moon Knight and that's why, because they're both like, because of the moon, you know, he turns into a werewolf, the guy's a moon guy, but then it was like, oh, you know, people actually seem to really like this guy. So maybe we can kind of delve into, so it's funny reading those Werewolf by Night issues because it's like a totally different person at that point in time. But uh, so any, any thoughts briefly on those initial ones, if you read any of that? Uh, I did read the Werewolf by Night issues. Um, well, I should say I more like skimmed to the parts where Moon Knight was in it because uh, there was other story happening in there. That, uh, but um, it, yeah, it was OK. It was like typical uh, 70s or 80s comics you know so uh right. yeah so it, it was what it was you know and uh but yeah i definitely agree that it was very um very different characterization for uh him in those uh where he was really just like a a, a person for hire to like right. take out the werewolf you know but um yeah and then for that early stuff um as far as i remember i don't think most of it was on marvel unlimited for a while but i did check today i th i think when we're recording this uh the newest uh or at least the early first five or six issues uh, made it onto marvel unlimited so i might check out those of the original run or one of the early, it's one of the early runs because i know a lot of the early stuff wasn't on marvel unlimited to begin with but um yeah at least for the more modern stuff there was uh, definitely as we'll discuss uh, some more enjoyable ones and some less enjoyable ones but 
all all different I, I I found reading through all the series that I feel like if you read like a Spider-Man comic or something like you can understand like okay this is the character this is like his what's happening to him his circumstances or whatever with Moon Knight I feel like just by the nature of him having the dissociative identity disorder like there's so many so much ambiguity as to what is and isn't actuality you know yeah. so like so that was played with like a lot between the, the different series to be like okay what what does this actually mean and like well, like what's actually happening you know so that was an it so not that it was frustrating but it just like it was difficult to like be like okay so now how is this person approaching this character you know yeah, like whereas know whereas like I, where, whereas like i said like some other character you can be like okay they're they're maybe painting slightly outside the lines of what you know or whatever but they're mostly within the lines of what you know this was like you could be going back and forth and that and like you yeah so um definitely interesting things to discuss <laughs> yeah and I, I think you're probably alluding a lot to the lumiere run as well because there's that run was like what if this is real? <laughs> like, I don't think any of this is real, which we're going to, well, that'll probably be a good discussion for us to have. And we'll, we'll get kickstarted just around uh, Khonshu himself of uh, this whole idea. Cause you know, Moon Knight as well. And maybe we'll just talk about it right now. So like Moon Knight, he's basically Batman. He's, he's just Marvel's version of Batman cards on the table. I like Moon Knight more than Batman. If you're comparing them straight like that, because you both of them have, similar qualities right they both wear a suit specifically to instill fear in other people uh they're both incredibly smart uh i would argue batman's probably smarter than moon knight is he's a much better detective but moon knight's got three different personalities working for him and an egyptian god behind him so a lot of that feels cooler than batman again don't get me wrong bats are really cool too but when you look at it and compare it to say Moon Knight wants to be wearing white because he wants you to see him coming. Whereas Batman hides in the shadows and, and is in complete darkness. I guess it's more of a, you know, it's, it's personal preference, but uh, I just think Moon Knight's a more fascinating character. And you see that in these runs. So when I'm looking at it like that, he, and both of them don't have any powers. So he, he doesn't have any powers. He just says they both have a lot of money. So then what's the point of Khonshu? And that's the thing that I, I kept questioning as I was reading, because I don't, you know, that's like the coolest part of the story. I'm a huge uh, Egypt, Egyptian like lover. I love everything ancient Egypt. I used to read so many books when I was a kid, the mummy movies, we, you know, we dove into all of those in some of our prior episodes. So the whole idea of this Egyptian God, bringing him back to life, giving him powers, whatever you want to describe it in each of these runs, it's like, okay, all of that's well and good. But that could also be complete and total crap, right? Like that could be all in his head. And there were so many times where I was like, no, but it's like he got brought back from the dead by the a God. Like that's mm. that's a real thing. But it could have not been a real thing because I'm thinking to myself, OK, if he was left for dead, he could have just as easily gotten a little better. Right. Like he mm -hmm. could have passed out from blood loss and then he wakes up and you know, some, some sort of miracle happens, whatever it is. It's, it's happened before in the MCU, but there's nothing else about Khonshu that would lean into that. Like Khonshu doesn't give him any sort of special power. He's just there. So yeah. I, I, sometimes I wonder if Khonshu is even real. Like I, I get the, the, the other identities, obviously they're, they're real in their own right, but Khonshu is the one where I'm like, is there actually a Khonshu or did he make that up too? Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to lean towards him being 
real and that as in fiction or other comics that like it's a deity that finds a host like throughout time and is like and is like as an avatar you know essentially and so by the time mark specter is out on the job and gets left for dead like conscious in need of a of an avatar and so he picks mark specter and you know that's and revives him you know so like i definitely feel in that sense that like yeah he exists but then like beyond that how much of what he does or how he interacts with specter is that in his head you know that's like a good how, point. you know yeah. so like so i definitely feel like yes the god entity probably revived him and maybe imbued him with whatever i mean it's not so much powers but i mean i guess in a sense it's he can't really die because he's gonna keep and that is a power in and of itself yeah yeah um but i mean it's not like an it's not really like an overt like kind of like a deadpool like you can like he'll like regenerate or whatever it's just kind of like he'll die and then like at some time later conscious just like okay time to go back to being my fist you know uh, so yeah so i think those parts are real but then yeah like any interaction and discussions and stuff that he has is like how much of that is real you know like i, I guess oh yeah we're, we're, we're we, we aren't really going to touch on it but on in more of a the recent um avengers run there was i was a, actually going to point yeah, to that in terms yeah. of that blows my that theory out of the water right yeah country's 100 percent real in that exactly yeah so that's what that that's i was going to point to that it, it's the uh, it's the age of country storyline in the recent uh avengers run and country essentially takes over the world and has moon knight get other powers or like he gets the iron fist and uh the the eye of agamotto and the the ghost rider hellfire like he gets like all these different things to like it's essentially to stop mephisto um in the storyline so yeah in that sense like other people are very aware of this right. god like doing this so in that sense it's not in mark's head you know so yeah yeah, and I think Lemire's run also does a good job of that explanation of Kanchu explaining why he picked him, of like because his mind was so fractured, it made it very easy for him to get into mm-hmm. it to talk, which is cool. So, uh, so diving into the first one, so Bendis's run issues one through twelve. Uh, this was two thousand and ten. This would have been uh, probably like four years after Civil War. So I think Moon Knight was kind of meandering at the time. He didn't have his own run going, or maybe the the Greg Hurwitz uh, Vengeance of Moon Knight run was wrapping up but this run starts with him having moved back to the west coast which is kind of cool i liked that and and you know it's always fun to see our superheroes in a different locale uh and he's a uh, movie producer at this point which was cool well, stephen grant stephen is, movie, grant, yeah. is is funding a movie called moon knight <laughs> that and i loved that and talking about was that in this one or that was in lemire's as well it's in, like, it's in a lot of it it's in a lot of them yeah yeah bit. they didn't dive too deep into that because obviously marvel well no marvel studios was doing a little bit at this time with mm-hmm. that would have been iron man 2 uh but yeah so he's making this movie it's not a good movie and like everyone's like this movie kind of sucks but he's never around to do anything because he's too busy doing other things like being moon knight and uh, the whole impetus of this storyline is that there is a barge carrying a Ultron robot that is being sold off to uh, Count Nefaria. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Mr. Hyde was involved to try and get the shipment going, but Moon Knight stops him and gets the head of Ultron. And so Nefaria has the rest of it. He's trying to get that head. Moon Knight's trying to figure out this mystery. But the, the most interesting thing, and I think the reason why I loved this series so much, is he changes his personalities again in this series. So instead of having Jake Lockley and Stephen Grant and Mark Spector in his head, it's uh, Captain America, Wolverine, and Spider-Man. And not only that, but he has a really cool... I'm trying to remember the guy's name was it wasn't jock was it his his sidekick guy and i don't yeah i don't recall uh, it, i feel it was, like it was a french name it wasn't frenchy though like the guy it was who not does frenchy, his other no. stuff but it was, it was an ex, ex, former ex agents shield. of shield yeah yep. that was cool but he like makes him all of these things so he makes him web shooters he makes him wolverine claws and then he he makes him a cool Captain America shield, which around that same time went because he was in Secret Avengers at that same time. Mm-hmm. And so Captain America had that really cool uh, digital shield, I guess you could call it. And so he had that as well. I thought that whole thing was really cool. I loved that. I don't remember if you had said you liked it or not, but I just I th- again, if you're telling the same story over and over, it's going to get stale. And when I saw that, I was like, "Ooh, this is fresh. Like I, I can sink my teeth into this. Yeah, I. Overall, I enjoyed the storyline. I don't know if I necessarily was as jazzed about him having these other heroes as his personalities. Like, because I guess for me, it's like, okay, so what just made him switch his personalities? You know, like what, like what he's had, he has these other ones that are so like ingrained essentially as like what has been established. Right. And then, so like what all of a sudden makes him either forget those or like, take these other ones that he's assuming what he knows of the Avengers and is pulling from for that, you know? So, I mean, and I guess like, yeah, in a sense, I was like, he could have made, he could have picked three other heroes, you know, like obviously he he picked or Ben just picked three of the more popular characters of Marvel, you know, to like help market this series, you know, of Wolverine, Spider-Man and sort of cap, you know, Um, but they each brought something different, you know, of whatever, but like, Paying those as personalities, I was I was kind of like, okay, like sure, like I I didn't really get the reason like why, and then like obviously they don't re- like it gets mentioned in future stories like oh that one time I was these personalities but it doesn't say like why like why were right. they his personalities you know but uh, beyond that yeah I did I did enjoy the series um I I like the the storyline of it and it uh it also included uh, Echo which she wasn't really used after the series at for for a little bit and i didn't know that either until more or less until the more most recent avengers run where she came back and it's now the phoenix you know so uh that was cool i didn't really realize that was this story where that happened uh because we had read together um kind of our origin stories like more recently and then like seeing this like was that was really cool and seeing the two of them work together was great and then it's like okay now in the marvel cinematic universe like now these two have they, they have an existing story of where they work together and that'd be cool if they like ever team up and everything like that you know but uh yeah and then we got uh count nefaria was cool and uh, madame mass showed up for a little bit yeah. like that was cool too so uh yeah overall i i enjoyed what was done with the series i, I liked it yeah and I'd, I'd taken a couple of screenshots just a few i don't remember what issue it was but there's one where he's flying in the air like in the trailer and he's got his cape as the moon the crescent moon which I think I only saw in this book. So I think maybe that was the one that was inspired by it, which is mm-hmm. great. Uh, but then also obviously the scene of Echo's takedown, which I 
uh, completely forgot about. And I think that was a great twist. I mean, spoilers, obviously, guys, come on. This is this is a 10, 12 year old comic at this point. But uh, Echo dies in this series. Yep. And I forgot about that when I read it. And so seeing that happen, I was like, ah, she doesn't die. I mean, even at the end of it, I was like, nah, she's going to come back. And that's when I looked it up and I was like, oh, no, she doesn't come back until that Avengers series. Yeah, so she was gone for a very long time, which is it was fitting, I think, that Bendis was the one to kill her off since he's the one who kind of he was the one who created her. Right. Uh, I or was that David Mack? David Mack created her, okay. but like, I think he did, he did work with her. So like, and was, he was around that time. So I think right. He, yeah. He, Cause was, he was he doing was the around. daredevil run and yeah, uh, but it was good. And I'm glad that he, you know, he put that kind of stamp on it. Cause she was really cool in this as well. I loved her scenes in it. Uh, but then the other cool thing that came out of it too, is at the end, obviously, you know, they stopped the bad guy, but the real bad guy, which you don't realize in the moment again, when you're reading it is the next big thing that Bendis does which yeah, 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 I was gonna say it was Secret Invasion, but that was 2008. Um, was Age of Ultron, and so which was one of my favorites as comics. Like that one was so good, and uh, this is the, the this is the beginning of Age of Ultron. So this Ultron bot is what comes back eventually in Age of Ultron, and Tony Stark calls it out, or at least Moon Knight does. He's like, I got a message. Basically, Conchu was saying that, you know, this guy's going to this thing's going to come back. And Tony's like, ah, that's crazy. But also, if that happens, we're screwed. And I was like, ah, and then it said, you know, to be continued in Age of Ultron. I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> so this book did a lot to set that sort of stuff up. Uh, and like I said, this was one of the ones where this was a quick read for me is and despite the fact that my, Brian Michael Bendis is a very long winded writer. So there's a lot of word bubbles and they take up the whole panel sometimes but it was fast and it went by really quickly. It was kind of a cool detective story. I also liked Moon Knight kind of holding his own against Nefaria, which they made very clear multiple times how powerful he is, which was also cool because I don't know much about Nefaria besides his, his ties to uh, Madame Mask. And uh, so it was cool to see. I'm like, okay, this guy's really powerful. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that, um, I think echo everything you said. Uh, yeah, having him hold his own was, yeah, I, and I guess that was like, I don't know if the, having the alternate, the hero personalities helped or not, you know, cause, cause like, obviously, even though he has them, like he, he didn't have animate adamantium, like bones or claws. Like he had like, a, I think, I forget what the, his helper said, if they were adamantium or they were like an alloy or like, they're a, like they were a, basically like one step below adamantium. Yeah. So they were close, but like, they weren't that like the web shooters that they made was like, kind of similar to what spider-man uses but obviously he didn't have his spider powers you know and then like um and the shield was just like a digital one that he could like you said the holographic one that they, he could throw and then after a while it would like disintegrate and he would like get it back you know so like obviously those were tools that he could use but like he what he still wasn't wolverine he still wasn't cap he still wasn't spider-man you know but um yeah so like it but and then also having echo for part of it as well like having her help um, some of the scenes that the, and the, the fighting that they did together I, f I forget if uh, yeah well the, well Nefari is the one who kills who ends up killing Echo correct I believe um, I think so I've got the yeah, shot here I think yeah, he shoots something at her or something yeah so like they were up against him together and like they held their own until like she died and then like whatever but um, yeah I mean it, it was an interesting dynamic of putting him there but then also like there's moments too when uh he does like the Avengers do come to see him right. and, and, and he's like, are you real? Or are you the, the, 
um, personalities and then they're like they were were real and then like he's like okay like they're kind of like do you need backup like do we need to pull you out or whatever and he's like no i got this and like he does have it for most of the, the the run obviously like he does it himself and he figures out what's going on with the selling of the ultron bot and like who's doing it and why and all that stuff so that was pretty cool yeah it was nice to see obviously they highlight his mental illness in it but it was nice to see that there it wasn't that much of a hindrance to him in this series because it always feels in some of these other ones like his illness is is a huge hindrance where he's making mistakes he doesn't know what's real or not and in this one it was more it almost felt like he had overcome it a little bit and was using it to his advantage uh which i liked and obviously then you know you move into the next one and it's like oh you know it's back sort of because again every writer is going to you know, pick and choose which things they're going to carry on and which things they're going to do. So that kind of leads us into the next one, which is the 2014 run by Warren Ellis and, and Declan Shavi, uh, which then leads into Brian Wood. I, I think this is a great, a great series. Uh, it's very interesting, very different. It's a, it's all one shots. And I liked that a lot because I, that I would have really appreciated because I didn't read them all come, like as they came out. And I would have appreciated that because my least favorite thing is that comics are released once a month. Like I wish they just would release them all at once, like the binge model, especially when there's a to be continued like that. But for these, it made sense because you'd know in the next one, it was a completely different story, but you're still getting little pieces and bits about him. This is where we get introduced to Mr. Knight, which we are now seeing in, uh, in the show as well. Uh, but also just kind of his interesting relationship with the police in this one too, because he almost has a Batman relationship where he's got that one detective that is allowing him on the scene. Everyone else kind of thinks he's crazy. I loved the issue where the other police officer tries to become, I think it was black mask or something like that yeah. and kind of goes crazy and still gets the crap beaten out of him. And Oh, and he's got the issue where he fights the ghosts that was really cool. Like there's a cool little thing about all of them. There's a little bit of a supernatural, supernatural element that they were pulling into that too, which I liked. Um, I'm trying to think if there was even any, I mean, him and Ellis and Shelby only did, or Ellis only did six issues, right? Uh, yeah, it was. And then uh, Wood took care of the rest. Yeah. Yeah. And I almost liked Woods a little more, at least the first half of Woods, because his then dives into, he's got an issue of one of Ellis's issues where uh, he's talking to his therapist or he's mm -hmm. talking to a therapist, uh, getting some info from her. You think she's a good guy, but then it's revealed she's actually a bad guy. And that whole storyline I thought was awesome. I thought that was so good. I love the idea that you're on her side because you're like, okay, you know, she's trying to take down a warlord and all of this stuff. But then Moon Knight does the legwork and he goes, you know, she takes him into this mindscape because her whole thing is she's trying to control other people's minds to kill this guy so that she doesn't get her hands dirty, which again, great concept because then she tries to get into Moon Knight's mind and it was like, okay, so now he kind of figures out what it is, which is that she's just another rich person who didn't like what this guy did to her uh, in losing her power when he was the one actually that was the power to the people guy, the little guy fighting against her and her family. Mm -hmm. And that, I just like that whole concept I thought was great. I loved all of the African influences that were in it as well. Uh, what'd you think of all of that? Both of those runs. Um, I, this was the first, uh, the first one that I ran, read through and then I went back and did Bendis and then continued after that. Um, so uh, initially uh, I, I wasn't aware that the Ellis stuff was all just one shots. So me not expecting that as I'm reading through, like by the third issue, I'm trying to be like, okay, like, what does this have to do with like 
what happened in issue one, you know, like, cause I'm expecting a storyline to like continue through. So that threw me off a little bit and not, uh, I guess would say not have knocked it a little bit. Cause I, I always knew people have always said, Oh, the Ellis stuff is really great. And I thought he just had like a one nice little arc of like, like a, an actual like story, not like some one shots. So, uh, but I did enjoy, uh, uh, seeing the Mr. Knight persona and how they created that and how they made him more of like the street level detective that coordinates more with the police. Like he, like he's that part of Batman that got like separated out of Batman. It's like he's, so. he's right in between Jake Lockley and Moon Knight. Right. Where he's like, he's kind of Moon Knight, but he's also very close to the streets. Yeah. yeah. So I like, if we're doing our Batman comparison, um, uh, Batman has his matches Malone, uh, uh, like the one who goes undercover with the, on the streets and with the gangs or whatever. And that would probably be the Jake Lockley. And then, yeah, until Mr. Knight was created, then Moon Knight was like the rest of Batman. But then, like, yeah, they, like, branched off of Batman with Moon Knight and uh, Mr. Knight to, like, do the different sensibilities and such, you know. And, yeah, and I, agree, I would agree he's, like, probably in the middle. Um, so, yeah, I liked all that. And then, yeah, how uh, Wood brought back some of the thing, the thing with the Doctor um, to make a larger storyline about that. And then also the his relationship with the police and everything like that. So those were some elements. Um, I thinking back i can't really remember much else uh, if there was i was gonna other... say there's a there's a final arc yeah I, I, I remember i didn't like it so you yeah. don't need to read that arc I, honestly you'd probably be good with what would it, you'd say maybe probably the first 12 issues maybe yeah or even if like so 11 if something just, like that yeah i would say whatever the maybe the ellis stuff and then the whatever wood stuff continues with the the doctor you know that probably would be good of doing that but yeah i like i don't even remember the what the second part of the hit like you said like you i don't even remember what it was so i obviously did, it didn't leave an imprint on me as something that i was like oh this was really cool or something like that so yeah and i'm looking at the the covers and yeah i'm trying to uh i'm not seeing it yeah and i think it is i think because it was okay so it's brian wood and greg smallwood mm -hmm. uh so regular wood and a small wood and that's all the way through issue 12. So you can stop reading after issue right. 12. Right. And then, oh, and then it looks like uh, it's a Cullen Bunn. Cullen oh, Bunn that's right. Over. That's right. Cullen yeah. Bunn takes over. So, yeah, really, you only need to do the, and no disrespect to Cullen Bunn. It's just, it was a, if you read it, you'd understand, I think. I, it seemed like that's probably universally yeah. not. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to look at the covers and the, um, the description, the little preview descriptions. I'm like, I can't even, something about he infiltrates a church of god and that's the, that's the very final issue and then something with wolves um, yeah this wasn't the one where it had the beautiful shot of him in the sky when he was fighting those people and all that was up in the sky was the moon but then it was like his glider was the same spot as the moon and then he comes up and they're right. like oh no and then he that might have been in this so there may it have been, some have been good in fights it. yeah in Maybe it is. I mean, it's only five issues. So check it out. I, I just okay. I, like both of us agree. Very forgettable. Yeah. Uh, but no, so that, yeah, that one was good. I would say overall Moon Knight wise, I liked it better than Bendis's run. Bendis's story is maybe a little more cohesive than this mm -hmm. one is since because of the one shots. Uh, but then from there, we go into 2016's run, which is. Uh, and that's what we'll do when we're done talking about all of these, but I think this is the, where they're going to pull the most from, but we've got this one issues one through 14 with Jeff Lemire. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we'll talk about that one first. Jeff Lemire's run. I had not read before we did this 
And so that's where I was like, oh, you know, what are we, what are we getting from the show? Like, you know, we're seeing all these things and I got like two issues in and I was like, oh, they're pulling from this run. Like it was very, very clear. So you've got him. And this is the one where this was my best word to describe this whole entire run through Bemis. Very trippy. This entire mm-hmm. thing was super trippy. And so with his, he's in a mental hospital, very, uh, you know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. And, you know, the the person who's interviewing him or, or his, his therapist in there is saying that he's been in here for like 12 years and he never was Moon Knight. All of that was made up. But when he's in, in his cell, his padded cell, he gets beat up by these two guards every night. And they, you know, they're telling him, you know, you better not talk. You better stop talking crazy or you're never going to get out of here. And they're giving him all these pills and medications. But at night, he dreams of Conchu. And Kanchu keeps telling him like, hey, you know, pack your bags. I'm about to put in the call that I need you. And, you know, there's a couple times in it where there's a great, and I think that's the first shot that I took a photo of. Or no, the first shot I took a photo of was this gorgeous, uh, it's like a Mm. painted shot that shows all of his different personas. So you get the Moon Knight, you get the Kanchu, you get jake and steven and mr knight and he and he's having a freak out dream and he wakes up like he's from a nightmare but he uh he makes this cool new suit where he's got like bandages on his head basically which and that's where i was like oh they kind of pulled that with his new costume but it would make sense if you're in a mental hospital you've probably mm. got the blankets that you can use to make it but what was interesting is he starts having these visions and so he starts having these weird psychotic episodes where He's so you don't even know what's real because you're like, okay, either he's in a mental institute or he's trapped in uh, the world of set. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's like, well, both of those seem unlikely though. So is he like, what the hell is happening in this? And so in this scene, when the guards come in, they both look like uh, Anubis dogs. And I was like, oh, that's straight from the trailer where he's beating up on that Anubis dog. And so I was like, is he actually beating up on an Anubis dog in that trailer or is he beating up on an actual person? And, and that was, again, so trippy. I didn't know what to believe because I'm like, okay, you know, Khonshu is real and he's telling them that Set is trying to take over New York, but that can't be right. That nobody notices this, that there's this giant pyramid right. and sand and things floating in the sky and all of these deities but that's uh, and and then you know the twists just keep coming and we'll we'll start getting into them but again initial thoughts on this round yeah no completely agree this one definitely it was very enjoyable because it was a through through line story uh and it every time he was like what's real and like what isn't like it was like trying but then even like some the 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 character the older character who he meets up with in the the mental institute that they Crowley Crowley yeah like he's like like he said like Mark says or Mr. Knight says to him multiple times like you were in a mental hospital and he's like were we were or are we still like I don't know like you know yeah like like even the characters were like because then it's like okay well then are all these characters in his mind and they're just like we don't know we're just like coming you're bringing us along with you so we're just like going where your mind is telling well, no, us they're all in the hospital with him so Crowley's right. there Frenchie's there Marlene's, Marlene's there, there and it was like what are they doing in this hospital yeah. but but then but then it's like are why are are they just there because Mark is seeing them hit you know so like it's just like yeah it was because it was very very trippy yeah but very good very enjoyable yeah and so we get to a spot where he, he ends up breaking out 
and they run into the sewers or something and they end up in uh and then they meet a friend at a diner too there's like a diner as well that, mm-hmm. that takes place in it as well uh, i'm trying to think what ends up happening but yeah the, the big twist then becomes that conchu did all of this on purpose and so the, you know set wasn't trying to do any of this it's conchu that was doing it and so he gets super mad uh but we also get a really great shot in here too of the uh, and I think Sarah had shown us this one and a huge shout out to Sarah. Sarah, she was going to be on the show with us, but uh, family takes precedence, so she she had to spend some time with her family. Um, but this this shot of the kind of the Netflix click of of him, you know, jumping through the sky, which I thought was really cool as well. But we end up finding we end up seeing Anubis as well. I love this piece mm-hmm. of the story. Anubis rescues them. They sacrifice Crowley for him to, to as through like the fairy man, much like, you know, in, in uh, Hades as well, and, or in the underworld. But uh, he's like, I need to get Crowley back. And Anubis is like, I don't do that. But honestly, I kind of would, but I need you to do something for me. Mm-hmm. And so he has to go rescue Anubis's wife, which I thought was really cool. From back in the, the mental institute. In the mental institute. Yeah. And so again, this whole time I was flipping through these pages because i was like i just need to know what's real and what's not because if he goes back in there and gets locked up again yeah and uh which was crazy because then they they said you know the, the person interviewing him was Ahmet, and her mm-hmm. name was professor Emmett, and yeah. so it was like oh man what's real what's not in that too and so right. we get to this point where he we get this great story which has one of my favorite storytellers and artists james to who uh, he did Godzilla, the half century war. He's done a couple of other Marvel things. I did not know he was doing this. And so we get three different artists Mm -hmm. handling at the exact same time, all of his different personas. And we get a new persona now. So we get a Jake Lockley, we get a Stephen Grant, but we get Space Moon Knight, which was very interesting to see. Do you think that's going to show up in the show at all? I don't, I don't think that one's going to show up in the show. I I mean, and he's fighting, he's fighting uh, moon wolves or like space wolves werewolves in space which was just insane and i but the whole message behind that i loved how it was like him settling up with his demons of like Mm -hmm. hey you guys have all gotten completely out of control i'm wrangling you all in right now and that was really sad in a sense because you know the space night guy kind of melts away and the Mm -hmm. other people are like well that's probably because you just made that guy up yeah and (laughs) we also get a cool flashback too though that he developed those multiple personalities when he was a kid Right. And I think they show what was it when he was like 12 or something like that. And uh, but they don't dive too deep into it, which, again, all credit to Bemis on that one. I thought that that's probably one of my you mean favorite. Lemire? No, 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 no. Oh, we'll, we'll, oh, get to well it. later. Right, right, right. Yeah. Later, later. But so that, you know, Bemis explains the true reason why he got the multiple personalities. We only see that during that time period, you know, he's making his friends because mm-hmm. I and he even tripped me up in that, too, because I was like, Oh, that's why he's got that personality because he's got a friend named Jake. And then it was like, Oh wait, that kid doesn't exist. Great. Yeah. <laughs> great. Just another thing to confuse me. This is fantastic. So uh, that was really cool. And then the series kind of ends with again, him, one of his personalities in there too. That's the one where he's making a movie. Stephen Grant is. Yep. And that's where he's working with Marvel studios. And I got to double mm-hmm. check. Cause I think I had, I thought I took a screenshot of it. Maybe I didn't, but uh, I thought that was really funny. They're like, yeah, you know, there's an Ant-Man. So Moon Knight's going to be just fine. Like people yeah. are going to love this movie. Yeah. And I was like, wow, how on the nose was that? Because this was, I mean, Ant-Man had just come out, I suppose, right. by the time they were writing that. So that made a lot of sense. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I enjoyed that that run. That might have been my favorite of all of these runs, I think, just because the story was so insane. 
But not only that, Lemire was able to tie everything back together by the end of it. So it was a full, complete story. There's no like hanging threads that much besides still wondering like, who, what is still real? There's still some things that, you know, but that's the whole, the mystique of Moon Knight is that there's always going to be a few things where you're questioning your reality. Yeah, this was this was definitely my favorite of the runs. Um, and yeah, like how you said, the, I was thinking at least with the, the Space Moon Knight, I... I just thought it was more or less a a Mark Spector personality that just kind of like like a like a that just got shifted into you know it's not like because the, the Space Moon Knight was Mark Spector like that's who he, it was well, yeah so it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't like a how Jake Lockley's name Stephen Grant you know it wasn't like they made a new name who was the Space Moon Knight so it was just like part of the Mark Spector that I don't know either went into the future or like some weird alternate reality where he's in space fighting instead of the Marines it's or whatever, you know, but yeah, all that of him like confronting, like when you get to those issues where they're doing the three of them and you see, you're seeing what's going on and then it gets to the end. And he's like, you see him in the costume and you're like, what's going on. And he's like, Hey everyone. And like, it's like, you guys have to like go away now. And then, they get all absorbed and then uh but then at the end when he's fighting through everything like they all come back and help him you know so it's like they're still there they just like were just like in he's just got more control which was right. it's like he was putting leashes on them basically yeah finally yeah. right for the mm-hmm. for the first time other right. thing huge shout out the covers of the mm. series were awesome yep. they were some really good ones i loved issue nine's cover issue seven issue six Mm-hmm. five four three two one um but it reminded me too because issue 13's got bushmaster on it yes we get some bushmaster if you bushmaster is moon knight's joker so to speak for batman like that's the the main you go oh who's moon knight's main villain it's bushmaster so i'm very curious to see if he shows up in the show because we've got no inkling of him and the right. only thing i've known of bushmaster that i'd learned about was in charlie huston's run because that's when i first read moon knight mm-hmm. and he creeped me out because his face is missing and or he, you know it's been like kind of cut off and he's very very violent and we kind of see the moon knight backstory but again, you're like, oh, you know, what's real? What happened? Lemire kind of puts a lot of that into perspective. And so we actually get to see the backstory. So if you're wondering, oh, why is he your main villain? You don't need to really go back to look at any older issues. You can just read the Lemire run because mm-hmm. he's got that great, horrible bit about him, you know, forcing them to take them to this tomb. And then, oh, yeah, I'll keep some of them alive. But then he kills all of them. And it just really showed how brutal he was which again, I liked because that's, you see why Moon Knight really, and I think Moon Knight's the one who did that to his face too. I think uh, so, yeah, at one as far point, as I'm aware. And you see in the Bemis run that, you know, Bushmaster is very afraid of Moon Knight yes. have over time, which, you know, makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so all of that I think was really cool. Like I said too, I agree, my favorite run of them all. But let's dive into this last one because I, I don't think this can be left without being discussed. So Max Bemis, again, lead singer of uh, Say Anything. And I believe it was also Jason Burroughs who did the art on it as well. Uh, This was during Marvel's legacy phase. And so every series kind of went through its own legacy story about, oh, what can we do to not only uh, tell a new story, but to tie it into the legacy of Moon Knight. And so this story was around Sun King, who I love this, uh, the story of this unknown guy who burned these people alive. No one knows why, but he's in this mental hospital. And the doctor, Dr. Emmett, who is from Lemire Run, 
is trying to break him, but she became so obsessed with Moon Knight that she's basically turned Harley Harley Quinn in this, which I loved that she kind of, but she doesn't become obsessed with Sun King. She just becomes obsessed with trying to cure him. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, oh, you know, (laughs) here's all of my notes on Moon Knight. Like, it was like, you don't do that. You don't give that to him. But it was like, here's all, here's all the things that he would think about, blah, 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 blah. And so he ends up projecting his own thing into Ra, the sun god. And Mm -hmm. so he's like, oh, that's Moon Knight. So he's basically like, I'm Moon Knight's dad now, basically. And he burns her almost alive. She ends up surviving, but he ends up working with this other villain called the truth, which I loved as well. There's a great bit in there. And I took a screenshot of, I think of, uh, yeah, there's multiple bits. I mean, there are so many splash pages in this story. There's a gorgeous one in that first issue and, and all credit to them. Moon Knight isn't even in the first issue except through her dreams. And she has that great shot of him fighting mummies, but we see Ra, we see him catching on fire. But he says, uh, Jake Lockley, he's like, you know, uh, he says, you want to step into Jake Lockley's mind, you freak? I dare you. You mm-hmm. met Mark. Mark's disturbed. Now imagine he took all the worst parts of himself and let and let them live uh, in a living person. He's like, uh, basically like, oh, don't kill him. But he goes in there and he's like, oh, man, that's messed up. And uh, we also get a cool explanation I liked in here of all of the different personalities, which was, he said, Stephen, Stephen's the wealthy benefactor. Conchu is our connection to the bigger picture. You're the voice of reason, that being Mark Spector. And I deal in the grimy leftovers, which was Jake Lockley. He says, you built us this way. Loved that. Um, that whole Sun King storyline I thought was great. You know, he ends up, they end up going to an island and he ends up beating him in a fight but then kind of converting him in a way of seeing that he is sort of the boss, but it's after that run that there's, there's some interesting little things, but it, it just seemed like Max was writing in a complete stream of consciousness as he was going through here. Cause the things just got really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have to agree this overall least favorite series. Uh, I did enjoy the sun King uh, arc and, um, what about the reveal at the end of that Sun King arc? Uh, well, towards the end, that's the, the whole legacy piece of Moon Knight, his daughter. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that was... Deatrice. I mean, Deatrice, yeah. Um, that was, I mean, it didn't... Throughout the other series, you, like, sort of get an understanding of who Marlene is. I'm sure probably the older, older series that we didn't really read for this episode... Uh, go into more of how he's like actually like the Lemire run did a good job of like showing she was on the dig site when uh, Mark went to uh, go with Bushmaster for the job and then Bushmaster wants to kill her and her dad she he ends up killing her dad and then uh, he's like no I can't do this so like that's you kind of get that like established relationship and whatever but the, yeah, the Sun King arc was good, but partially because there's been speculation that um, Ethan Hawke's character in the show, yep. Dr. Arthur Hero, who's a separate character from a very older Moon Knight comic, might take some elements of um, the Sun King character as being like the cult leader and like possibly connecting to Ra or something like that. So I think, yeah, Arthur Hero in this, the show with Ethan Hawke, I think is going to be a big amalgamation of a lot of moon knight stuff that into to fit into one better larger villain you know um so i enjoyed reading that and seeing that of um to get some of that understanding and then yeah the whole thing with the daughter was that was that was okay that was whatever and then 
uh, yeah, the rest of the run, I was like, it, we go into the whole thing of how Mark's been staying away from Marlene, but then it's revealed that like Jake has been secretly having an affair with her, like behind his back. And then the whole thing with the, from the childhood with the, the Nazi scientists, like I wasn't really jazzed about that. Like that was just like, like you said, yeah, it was like, it was like a stream of thought. And then it just kind of went, kept going. And I was like, yeah, it, it was, it was, it wasn't great. Like it, we definitely got better content for the character from the other runs. Yeah. So the, uh, that was, I think the first one that started after the sun King run was I believe that, so, that reveal. Yes. That might be one of my favorite Moon Knight issues because Moon Knight is Jewish and you don't see it very often in the comics. It's not portrayed very much, but the way that he was able, and uh, I'm not sure Max Bemis is Jewish, but based on the writing, I kind of think that he is because he knew a lot about a lot of things. And I just love the whole, you know, oh, this is not only the fact that he's sharing this with his daughter and tell like being willing to share this because that's like, this is the trauma that turned him into who he is. But the fact that it was like the rabbi that he trusted and, you know, like what is the ultimate worst thing that a rabbi could be is a Nazi. And so to Mm -hmm. find out that he is one and that he lets him go in a sense, and this is the triggering event that causes him to have, you know, create these other identities to prevent himself from going absolutely insane was just, just absolutely crazy. The fact that his dad kind of knew about it, you know, they, they mentioned that a couple of times in the issue, um, just I don't know why that issue just really hit home with me I thought was really cool but then you then then it's over and then the next the next storyline is this going into the collective which was kind of was very weird the art was very weird I liked the concept of it a lot like the idea that the only person that could beat this collective mind is a guy who has disassociative identity disorder. And there's just hundreds of moon Knights now patrolling this bad guy inside his brain to try and take him out. The concept was really cool, but it's only two issues. And so the execution was really fast, very abrupt. Uh, and then it jumps into the, uh, was it the society day Sadiq, yeah. which again, that first issue I loved as well. Cause I was like, man, Max, like, this is dark. Each of these people going through how they got to be a part of this mm-hmm. with their different killings. But then Moon Knight shows up and he's like, I'd like to submit my name for the bad. And I was like, yeah. okay, that's badass. But then you started seeing as the issues went on and then the art changed. And it was like, where's this going? Yeah, but and then because that, that tied back into the-, the And then the it tied Nazi back into, the, yeah. And, it tied, but, and I was like, okay, Ernst is in here. Okay, cool. But then the last two issues- yeah. It was like, okay, what? So now the Sun King's a good guy. And then then Truth had that really cool moment in prison where he was like, I want to be better. He was like, I Mm -hmm. want to do this. And then it was like, oh, now I'm the bad guy though. And the reason I'm a bad guy is because Ernst was a bad guy because he put the same juices into him that went into him. And and I was like, okay, no, no, no. I, I liked Truth trying to be better. Sun King still ends up being better, but it was like, it just felt, it felt like it could have used a lot more issues but even then, I feel like like there were some really cool ideas that he was toying with and he just didn't flush them out enough. And then it just ends. And it was like, yeah, well, it was probably for the best. <laughs> that yeah. At least he got to write the, the 200th issue and all that. That yeah. was cool. But yeah, and then it just I was like, OK, I'm kind of glad that it's over. So, yeah, I remember that as being like, oh, I loved it. And I still do. <laughs> it has a special place in my heart because that was one of those ones where I was following it issue by issue on Marvel Unlimited as it came mm-hmm. out. So it was like one of my new stories I was following, but it did kind of trail off there towards the end. 
So uh, with all that said, with all of these stories read, let's talk about the Moon Knight show. So we, we talked about a few things. This will be kind of our wrap up. What do we think is going to carry over from this? I know we talked about Lemire influences. Is there anything else that you're thinking? We talked about the Sun King too. Uh, yeah, maybe the Sun King. I mean, I definitely, it definitely seems like they're charting, as far as we know, some new territory because uh, most of the um, the trailers have shown us Oscar Isaac as Stephen Grant. But in the show, Stephen Grant personality is not the wealthy playboy. He's, right. uh, he's a mild-mannered gift shop employee. So that right there, I mean, unless that's a whole thing and not right where like, like he's even double tricked his mind and he or, actually or, is rich yeah or something like that you know but like on the surface at least that's uh that's different so and then we know we're getting mr knight and obviously uh moon knight in that costume but we don't know if we'll get any jake uh we see Kanchu, um so we don't know if anything um else will pop up but um i mean we honestly like we've seen a enough from the series and for people to be like oh okay so like this guy's got like weird personalities or whatever happening but like honestly like i couldn't tell you what a storyline i mean we've seen like bits and pieces here like i think one of the trailers that shows a giant pyramid with a purple light coming out of it and something it's probably and, from a mirror or or something yeah like you know so um honestly i i like i couldn't tell you but yeah i definitely feel like lemire influences are probably going to be like i i don't think we're going to see him pop up and be an existing mcu hero as one of like one of the his personalities like i think that that would be too much of a stretch to start i think like maybe like a second moon knight series or him in an, a movie with other people we could see him become iron man or him become steve rogers captain you know that could be another chris evans cameo oh, sure. you, you know yeah. what i'm saying um i don't think we'll, so i don't think we'll get any of that from the bendis run and honestly i don't think just the nature of the Bendis run of him, like kind of like operating on the West coast and uh, with the Ultron bot. And then ultimately with echo as like, a, as a, like a partner, like I don't think much of that is going to be pulled. So I definitely think the Lemire run and some stylistic stuff from the Ellis uh, Shelby run, you know, and m maybe even the wooden bun runs, you know, but I think Lemire is definitely going to be a big pull. And then, whatever they're pulling from all the stuff for Arthur Harrow. And, and honestly, there's a, there's a character in it too, who's um, they've shown uh, with Mark Spector on like an archeology span site. It's like, uh, her name's Layla. It's a, uh, uh, I forget that. It's Ma Maya Calame, I believe is the actress's name. Like she, she, she's in the series and she seems like a Marlene type of right. person, but isn't Marlene, you know? Well, so maybe they're changing it up because Marlene is probably one of the most one-dimensional characters from what we've true. seen. So, you know, pick Yeah, and person. they don't need to, but I feel like she's the Marlene character in this of like the girlfriend maybe, or like the love interest or something, but maybe not, you know, like we haven't seen hardly anything of her. So um, yeah, honestly, I'm just super excited to see what they do. I feel like it's going to be really like we're going to go on crazy places and like some things that we might not like with uh, that from the comics and stuff, things that are, we like from the comics are just totally different things. So. Yeah. My, uh, my prediction for this show is that we, obviously this is, this is going to be his origin story. So we take your pick from what run of the origin stories. They're probably going to do a mishmash of them. But from what I'm seeing in the trailer, my guess is Mark Spector 
is a mercenary that goes to Egypt on a on a dig, basically exactly like in the comics, mm-hmm. maybe some tweaks, but something goes wrong and he dies. Conchu brings him back to life and it awakens his other personalities in his head, things that maybe he drowned out for a while. Mm-hmm. And he just turns into Stephen Grant and is hiding as a gift shop owner. And Conchu is like, in Lumiere too, like, it's time. Like, and he's like, what's happening? What's going on? Yeah. So then we get the reveal that he never was Stephen Grant. He was Mark Spector. Stephen Grant was an identity. Moon Knight was also an identity that he was given, but he, he gave up because he didn't want to deal with all the stress. And then maybe there's some sort of secret reveal of like, Again, maybe he had a ton of money and, you know, he he was hiding from that too, trying to keep a low profile as a gift shop guy, but he actually is very rich. And then Jake Lockley comes at some point too. Uh, That's my guess from the early reviews, which I'm grateful because I I read them, but uh, Mm -hmm. there's like no reveals in them, which was great. Uh, They got four issues or four episodes that they got to watch. sounds like just like every other time that this is very different. This is going to be a very different show. The other thing I really liked was that they said these four issues keep calling them issues have have nothing to do with the mcu which i'm yeah. very excited about too i love when these stories just like shang chi stand on their own and you don't hear a lot of mentions about anything uh which makes me really excited for the final two issues but hey you know, got issues um, <laughs> i am grateful that we did not get to see any of these episodes because for all of those people that got to watch and binge all four of those they yeah. now have to wait two months until they can see that fourth one so what are you gonna do Rewatch the first issue first episode again (laughs) great have fun doing that because you already know what happens in it like i'm grateful that we didn't get to see all those episodes right away so that uh but i'm excited for it like i said this was one of my most anticipated moon knight's such a he's one of those characters like he's like boba fett where he is so cool to look at he's a badass he's a great fighter but there just haven't been a lot of stories about him. And, and, and we're getting some good ones now. We've finally been getting some good ones, but he just doesn't have the wealth of history that a Spider-Man or an Iron Man has. And so with that, Marvel gets a lot of leeway in this in these shows and, and future movies too of like, okay, he was only in West Coast Avengers, but you know in here, he's going to be on the Avengers eventually. And so we've never seen that before. So however they choose to do that, that's going to be awesome. Sure. I mean, he might he might not be on the Avengers. He, I mean, I know there's been rumors of like making like a Midnight Suns type team or like, great, yeah, he, like, whatever. Like it he might be. he might not even like he might like work with the Avengers, but he might not like he might just stick to whatever that Black supernatural Knight and yeah, Blade yeah, and all that. Yeah, like he might stick to that, and like he might not even be cons- like like the Avengers might call him if they know that they need the crazy guy. Uh, crazy shouldn't isn't. Oh, I shouldn't use that word, but uh, but like the guy he with all, he, yeah, 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 all of his this crazy personalities, like, and to go beat up on somebody, they'll probably call him. But like, they might be like, yeah, maybe we're not gonna. Especially if it seems like the Avengers are at least for team wise are leaning more towards the younger ones coming onto the team. It's like might not want like yeah, you don't you do not want Moon Knight on a team with young kids. Yeah, exactly. So, but but who knows? You know, like it's, it's they definitely have possibilities. So. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just so excited to see because from what everyone said, I mean, they didn't say too much, but like Oscar Isaac clearly is going to pull this off and I cannot wait to see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. That's awesome. Same. Uh, any final thoughts on any of these comics, Kevin, before we, we wrap up? Uh, no, I, I'm glad that I've read through them. I definitely want to read and uh, learn some Moon Knight uh, stuff. Um, yeah, I definitely uh, uh, the Lemire run was probably my favorite. 
and then even though we didn't talk about it, but the, the newest McKay stuff, I started reading that. Yes. Um, that that's I that's up there. That I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, so uh, I'll unofficially put that second. Then I would put um, probably uh, Ellis. Uh, well. I, I, because Ellis was really one shot stuff. I mean, and I really just like the art. Um, I'll probably put Bendis third, uh, just because yeah. we had a, it was a nice story. You know, even though I, I, if I could like if I could have removed the the superhero part or, or like choosing the superhero parts of that, I probably would have uh, liked it more as a whole. But um, that then I'd probably do the Ellis, uh, then the Wood and Bun, and then beat the Bemis stuff at the end. That's probably yeah. what I would do. Yeah, that's fair. I'd probably I'd put I'd put Bemis over uh, over the the definitely oh. Colin Bunn, uh, but I might do that right too. There. But honestly, because we because we don't remember it, it's like yeah, right. That's the only one I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, hey, I mean, hopefully everyone else is out there is checking some of these out. Again, all of them are available on Marvel Unlimited, so uh, just a great reason to have that app. Marvel, please pay me. I'd love it. Give me a, give, whatever you'd like. I'll take whatever it is. A special comic. I don't care. Um, but yeah. Code. <laughs> Ooh, that would be great. Yeah. Give me a, pro- actually, uh, Amazon has been getting really weird with their comicsology. Oh, I've, uh, I've heard, I've heard all the drama behind that. There's so. a lot. I thought it wasn't that bad at first. And I just, I do not like it. I mean, every it's completely different podcast episode. There's a lot yeah. <laughs> to talk about with what they're, I don't know what they're doing, but for Moon Knight, for comics and cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you at the movies.